Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted and privileged to welcome a very, very accomplished filmmaker from Chennai, India, Shruti Harihar Subramaniam. Shruti, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, Shruti is a national award-winning filmmaker and the co-founder of Goli Soda, and we'll speak about both today. Uh, Goli Soda is a sustainability store. She made her debut feature film, uh, A Far Afternoon on Krishan Khanna, who some of you may may not know is an, an amazing artist, and she won an Indian National Film Award. So Shruti, we'll talk about your journey as a filmmaker and Goli Soda uh, today. Let's start with films. What got you started in the film business? To be honest, uh, even I am quite surprised I'm okay. a filmmaker because I come from a family that never watched films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even remember going to a theater as a family and watching a film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the turning point for me was during high school. So uh, that was the time when we had to make a decision on what career we need to take. And until then in school, I was very, besides being a decent student, I'm not saying I was the top student, Mm -hmm. but I was good enough. Uh, I was also very active in all extracurricular activities. So Mm -hmm. be it singing, dancing, um, you know, theater, poetry, name it, I'm there. Mm -hmm. I might not again win the first prize and everything, but I was was very active. Mm -hmm. So when the thought came about what career choice to take, the first I was hoping to take a science stream mm-hmm. because I was a typical, you know, middle class Chennai family. Who, you know, science made sense and mm-hmm. I loved biology. I mm-hmm. loved animals. And I thought I was going to be a research person or be in some forest or a lab. Mm-hmm. But what kind of hit me was um, if I get into that stream and I was looking around the people around me and they were all equally very creative and good at it, but mm-hmm. they all had to give it up and mm-hmm. probably even treat it like a hobby and never a career. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I said, oh my God, I can't not be creative. That mm-hmm. was something in me. Right. But, uh, and at, that was also the time that we started going to watch films in the theater with friends. Mm-hmm. And I was drawn to that world. And uh, I didn't know at that point what I was going to do in this world, but mm-hmm. uh, because it felt films felt like a whole different world people from a different world was part of it and not mm. us. Mm. But when I was drawn into that world, all I knew was I wanted to be, be part of this world. I don't know how or what I'm going to do, mm. but this is where I want to be. Amazing. So you decided to give up science, but did you then train formally as a filmmaker? Yes. So um, again, because I said, uh, uh, I mean, if I had mentioned films at that point to my parents, they would have freaked out, to be honest. And mm. I myself wasn't very clear or as I said, I had no mentors. I haven't seen anybody around me from the film industry. So I had no clue what I had to do. So I took up a course called uh, visual communication. So that uh, dabbled a bit of all kinds of creative streams like photography, uh, graphic design, um, and eventually filmmaking. So uh, when I uh, mentioned that course, and thankfully my father was also um, in advertising for a while and he still pursues his uh, love for photography so it felt like a good start for me to 
discover what I wanted. Mm. And, um, and at that point, only one institute in Chennai was providing this course in Chen- uh, for women. Mm. And uh, it was like a make or break thing. So I just said, okay, if I'm not getting this, I will probably go back to science. But thankfully, I topped the entrance exam and I uh, got into it. And um, but more than the course, I would say my work experience was my teacher. Mm. Uh, because at the age of 19, during the end of my first year in college, I won um, this pageant Miss Chennai mm-hmm. and uh, that opened up the world of uh, modeling and advertising for me. Mm-hmm. So for me, work uh, and I did dabble a bit of acting for uh, TV uh, shows. Mm-hmm. I think that was what opened up uh, uh, my world and that was where my true learning came from. I think work was my teacher. Very interesting. So before I come to your uh film of our afternoon you you just mentioned to me that you know you modeled and you acted what uh, was uh, the reason you decided to go behind the camera instead of front in front of it see for me uh, life had uh, was kind of serendipitous at that point because again when um, the the reason why i participated in the pageant itself was kind of serendipitous because i had uh, gone to the organizers for an internship okay. uh, to work behind the scenes to mm-hmm. uh, learn about event management. Mm-hmm. And then one of the participants dropped off and they were desperate to complete the number that they had announced at the press. And they said, you know, you should participate. And for me, again, as I said, we came from a very, very normal uh, middle-class family. And I think right now, uh, children are more exposed to this world or it's more matter of fact Mm. but at that point it felt okay when I used to see the other models come in for uh, their training it felt like they're different women and we are different you know there was a kind of I don't know it felt like they were from another planet and I was nowhere trained and they came with specific ambitions to do this and um, yeah so when I uh, participated uh, it was more for let me learn I mean let me learn something new I like that challenge if I don't I feel I don't understand or don't know anything I like to jump into it and Mm. discover it so it was more into that and uh, eventually modeling happened but there was something in me that felt that I needed to do more than just this Um, I felt my calling was something more and I was more curious every time I was in front of the camera I was always curious to know what was happening behind Mm. and then uh, all this was happening during my college times Mm. and when I was done with college obviously the next step was what next do I pursue studies more do I take up a job Um, and that's when I said okay uh, let me I mean I love working I love learning on the job Mm. but um, I want to know more. So let me take up a job as an assistant director. Mm. And that's when I went behind the camera. Wonderful. So let's talk now about uh, your debut feature, Far Afternoon, which uh, won the National Film Award. Tell me what went into making this film and do share some interesting anecdotes uh, that you must have been confronted with. So initially, this film was not meant to be a film. It was just an archival project. Uh, the Primal Art Foundation wanted me to come to your city, Gurgaon, and shoot uh, Mr. Krishan painting. And they said uh, he's just set out painting this work and we most likely will be 
uh, picking it up for the museum. Uh, so it'll be a good uh, archival uh, uh, material. So um, I set out and at that point I had no clue about who he was or his work. Of course, I would have probably heard his name here and there, but I never followed his work or I knew I didn't know much about him or his work. Uh, so I went there with my crew and as we started uh, shooting, the process of him painting, it was very meditative and uh, and it felt that this is more than just an archival project. And uh, when I spoke to him as well, he he had he was full of anecdotes. He was full of uh, stories, and there was so much history uh, to him. Because when we started shooting him, he was eighty nine, going on ninety, mm. and uh, and he was such a charming man. And I said, you know there is more to this. And I went back to them and said, can I make this as a film? And they said, go ahead, as long as you're not, you're within your budget, go ahead and do what you want. Mm. And as we worked on the film, uh, initially we thought, okay, this could be something just small that will go up in YouTube, mm. but it, were, it had its own life. It grew and it grew and it became a feature length documentary. Mm. And uh, the rest they say is history. It's I mean, <laughs> It went to many film festivals. It won two uh, national awards. Uh, yes, so it had its life of its own. Incredible, absolutely. And, and you know, uh, I can understand what you must have uh, experienced because, uh, you know, in 1978-79, when the Moria was being built, I had just joined ITC and he, in a very mm -hmm. Michelangelo style, and I'm sure you've seen those paintings. Yes, yes. And, uh, it's there in the film. We shot the, the Moria yeah. Yeah. Well, the film, and he talks a lot about his experience. I know, I know, yeah. I know. I, I, I was one young 21 year old assistant hanging around there, helping whoever could, you know, in those days. But Ashwati, coming back now, given the fact that you had such an amazing debut, did that put pressure on future projects? So uh, the thing is, um, it was kind of unexpected because as a filmmaker, one would think after many films that you do, maybe you will win an award at some point, maybe a national award, maybe some other award. But this came uh, totally unexpected. And, um, but it did give me a certain identity among my, not just my fellow filmmakers, but my circle of people around me because until then I was working hard as an assistant director behind the scenes and every time somebody asked me I say I'm a filmmaker and you know uh, I work as an assistant director and most of the time people don't usually uh, believe me because they have a sense of this is how a person should look you know if I'm carrying myself like this they don't mm -hmm. picture me as a filmmaker mm -hmm. so in fact after the film I did have many people who come, who saw the film, who came to me and said, you know what, uh, you kept saying you're a filmmaker, I have to be honest, I didn't quite believe it. Uh, I thought it was something that you just randomly uh, say or do, but I didn't know it was such a fil good filmmaker. Uh, so the National Award kind of gave me an identity uh, as a filmmaker, which was essential for me to get my future projects. And uh, and one such project was working with one of my all-time, you know, uh, idol, uh, A.R. Rahman. Mm -hmm. uh, so it gave me the opportunity to uh, make, uh, be part, create the series called um, Harmony with A.R. Rahman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, until then, I think there was a little sense of responsibility at that point. But I think the major responsibility for me, it, it happened only after working 
uh, with Rahman sir, uh, because working with such a, you know, a, a, a big icon mm. and, uh, and the response that we got because uh, a far afternoon was still screened to a very niche set of audience, but mm -hmm. here Harmony was open to all the public uh, gave its feedback and it, their reaction to it uh, so much, especially during the pandemic. That was when most of them actually saw, Correct. caught up with the series. And I had really emotional, uh, uh, you know, letters coming in through, you know, various sources about how uh, uh, the series brought, the, brought them a sense of calm or they used to say, uh, I couldn't sleep for days and nights and only when I saw the series, it brought some sense of calmness. And that's when it kind of overwhelmed me to think, oh my God, here I am. I just made a, a series that was true to my uh, uh, sense and my art, but I didn't know it It has the power of an impact like this. So that's when uh, the sense of responsibility came in more and more. Amazing, amazing. So one more question relating to films before we move to the next segment. What goes into preparation for a new film project? Um, it's hard to pinpoint that because I think the minute the seed of an idea gets into your head, the preparation starts. Okay. And the minute uh, your product is seen by the audience, it ends because you can't take it back after that. Right. Hmm. And uh, that's the thing about a filmmaker. We have no nine to five jobs. There is no work-life balance. Because once the idea is in your head, you're constantly working on it. And uh, you might work on an, an some other idea, but probably an idea that came 10 years ago is still festering inside you. So it's hard to you know, separate uh, the process. Well said. And how much time would it take from the time you conceive uh, an idea till the time it goes in front of the audience? So it's again very relative to the project itself and what it entitles. And some of the projects sometimes have very tight deadlines. So no matter what, so it could be a project that technically should take about a year to make, but due to the deadlines, you have to work around the clock and ensure you deliver it within that timeline. So it's very hard to, or there are projects that you think it will be done in one month, but due to you know, unexpected delays or other factors, you know, it uh, has its own life again. Right. So uh, it, it's like uh, each one is a different, I mean, you might have five children, each one is very different. <laughs> well said. So let's now move to your other uh, venture, which is Goli Soda, where you are the co-founder. Tell me uh, about this venture and what was your motivation to put your shoulder to the wheel on this uh, venture? Um. So I have always been, you know, concerned towards environment and nature. Mm -hmm. And that was one of my reasons to have taken up science and biology. Mm -hmm. uh, and I still do have a deep sense of love towards uh, the planet and the animals. Mm -hmm. In fact, in, uh, you could say my first step towards sustainability was at the age of six, where I gave up meat and I gave up uh, wearing silk and leather. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I was always conscious about not carrying a plastic bag, but it stopped till then. Mm. Um, and even at, when I said uh, during my high school, when I had to take that crucial decision of art or uh, science, uh, one thing that I convinced myself at that point to say, okay, I will take up art, mm. but I'll ensure that I 
continue to do something for the planet at some point. Um, because if I took up science to do something for the uh, planet, I wasn't sure if I could be creative at that point. Right. Hmm. So this was my uh, way of convincing myself and I went ahead to take mm -hmm. up art. Mm -hmm. um, but even until then, I wasn't very clear what I was going to do. But I think my turning point was in 2012. So I was traveling all around the world for my shoots and other travels. Mm -hmm. And after a long break, I came back to my city, Chennai. And in front of my house, I saw this overflowing dustbin. And, uh, you know, it's we are very used to just putting the blame on the government and okay. the municipality and saying, you know, they're not doing their job. Mm -hmm. But what struck me at that point was okay, uh, this dustbin is overflowing with the garbage from my house as well. So maybe it should start from me. So I read up a lot. I did a lot of research and I realized it's not just enough to just stop carrying a plastic bag. There's a lot more in our lives that is not sustainable or creating this garbage. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went, took a lot of effort to find unique uh, products that were sustainable. And mind you, at that point, there was hardly any uh, talk about sustainability as there is today. Right. And so much that I discovered something where I could compost at home, mm -hmm. uh, which was, it blew my mind because this was something we read in school about composting, but you would assume it would happen in a forest or in yeah. a village, mm -hmm. you dig a pit. But here I am, I could do this in an apartment. But I had to travel all the way to Bangalore to pick up that thing. That's when one of my friends said, hey, you know what? Uh, even I want this, where can I get it? And my husband was running a cafe at that point. And she was saying, you know, why not uh, sell this out of your cafe? Many of us would come pick it up because we can't afford to go to Bangalore and pick it up. At the same time, I was also setting up a rooftop garden because I said, okay, if I have to be sustainable, I want to grow my own mm -hmm. food. And again, there was no... Uh, there wasn't so much talk about growing your, your own food and that too on a rooftop and everybody thought I was mad to do that and at the same time I we all know you put a seed you water the plant and the plant grows but you know when you have to grow your vegetables there was a bit of inertia so I called a horticulturist to come over to help me and show me a demo on how to do it mm -hmm. then again of my friends said you know what can we also come even we want to see how this is done mm -hmm. so that's when I put two and two together and said okay there are still few people like me mm -hmm. who are interested to lead a sustainable life mm -hmm. but I had the time and the effort and the privilege to research and you know hunt for these things not everybody can do that mm -hmm. so what if the store next door uh, was selling these products, then it would help many to have that easy shift to lead a sustainable life. Mm. And at the same time, many of us have the right intention to make the shift, mm. but we don't know how to go about it. And that's when we started the store and we also started doing a lot of free workshops at our store to educate uh, our customers, our audience, and create a community of like-minded people. And that in turn, build our customer base because to be honest at that point when we started our store uh, people thought again they were mad when i was talking about cloth pads mm. uh, menstrual pads or composting at home you know they 
they couldn't put two and two together or even when i used words like upcycling mm. people thought i was mispronouncing it and they used mm. to correct me recycling right mm. and i said no uh, there is a term yes. called upcycling now mm. so it required people to open their eyes and mm. we had uh, in fact our garden workshop was running for over 5 years consecutively every month and we were doing it for free but that build a sense of community people like minded people came together and it created a customer base for the products we were selling and from there in 2015 uh, we decided to go pan indian by setting up our website mm-hmm. and uh, it was also around that time where i felt there was still some products that i needed uh, to lead a sustainable life but they were not available in the market mm-hmm. and that's when we shifted into manufacturing as well okay so uh, what is your website and then tell me a little bit about some of your products so our website is called golisodastore.com golisodastore.com okay yes golisodastore.com okay so uh, it is a multi brand platform uh, where we curate sustainable products and we uh mind you uh, we are very strict in our curation mm-hmm. we ensure uh, and uh, many people think sustainable is just going uh, plastic free or going all natural but we go deeper into that mm. we look at sustainability in a holistic way mm. where we also ensure if it's fair trade if it's locally sourced mm. um uh, if it's ethically sourced uh, and many such things plastic free organic so we have a whole big list of checklist of things that we mm-hmm. ensure while curating these products mm-hmm. and um, these products vary from everything home care personal care baby care um, a whole variety anything for you that's why our tagline is sustainability every day mm-hmm. anything that from the time you wake up to the minute you go back to sleep whatever you require mm-hmm. we ensure we can provide you a uh, the most sustainable uh, product to you and the other thing that we are very particular about is the ease of use of the product okay. uh, what i strongly believe from my own experience on like i am truly passionate about this mm-hmm. so i am okay with a little discomfort to make that shift mm-hmm. but not everybody would want to do that so right. we want to provide products that would help you make that shift uh but without a drastic lifestyle shift so mm-hmm. you will pick up you're not brushing your teeth with a neem stick mm-hmm. but we would give you an option of a bamboo toothbrush mm-hmm. where you can brush your teeth nice. and nice. Uh, with regards to our own brand uh, goli soda products brand our own manufactured products uh, one of our biggest uh, uh, fast selling and our usp product you could say is a probiotic range of products uh, we are the only uh, brand in india providing um uh, home and personal care products uh, with the goodness of probiotics wow. uh, where uh, the probiotics which is active bacteria is not only good for your skin but as you wash out this um uh water into the waterways the active bacteria works on the waterways and cleans up the waterways mm-hmm. so we are not just another natural uh, organic home care personal care brand but uh, our probiotics in it is doing one step more to clean the environment 
Wonderful, wonderful. So I have time for just one more question. Um, and this is to uh, a filmmaker who is conscious of sustainability. Uh, Shruti, what would you say are three lessons you would want our viewers and listeners to take away from this conversation? Um, the lesson I have, one of the biggest lessons I continue to learn mm -hmm. and I, I care about is the lesson of being empathetic. Mm -hmm. um, I think the bottom line of who we are as humans mm -hmm. is the fact that we are empathetic mm -hmm. uh, as as a being, mm. but I think in the course of how life gets to you, that sometimes gets forgotten. And mm. uh, when I say empathy, it is not just empathy, uh, empathy towards one another, mm. but I would say it's also being empathetic towards yourself, because right. sometimes you forget to take care of yourself. Mm. Uh, it also is being empathetic towards nature and the other creatures of the planet, mm. because if you look back, probably during pre-industrialization time, I think most humans lived that way. We uh, we were not separate from nature. We were part of nature, whether mm -hmm. it's our festivities, uh, the way we eat, we are connected to the cycles of nature. But I think in the course of time, we have forgotten that. Right. I think uh, we need to start uh, going back and rediscovering those connections and yeah. and that will open up a whole different world hmm. well said well said for on that note uh, thank you so much for speaking to me thank you for talking to me about your absolutely incredible journey as a filmmaker and uh, thank you for talking to me about your experiences on making the film on krishan khanna of our afternoon uh, thank you also for speaking to me about your passion for sustainability and uh, I'm certainly going to check out golisodastore.com and see what are the products there. And I'd urge our viewers and listeners to have a look at it as well. But thank you again for speaking to me and good luck. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.